It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. After decades fighting to free themselves from male-dominated social and economic structures, such as glass ceilings and pay equality, women still struggle. Today's guest, Alison Carmen, explores the forces in women's personal and professional lives that hold them back. She teaches that women can become fully realized so that every choice they make is not from fear, but from strength. Alison is a business consultant and life coach. Her new book is A Year Without Men, a 12-point guide to inspire and empower women. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today, Joan. So, Allison, I am so excited about your new book. I've heard about it for a long time. I, I feel like I was part of the process. So let's tell our listeners a little bit about what brought you to write this book, A Year Without Men. The, the title's intriguing. So how did you get to this place to write this book? You know what's so interesting about the title is I didn't expect all these people to have all these different opinions about it. Um, because what the title is really saying is I actually spent a year without men. And if you would have called me on June 29th, 2018, I would have told you I had a, a wonderful life. I had a great business. I had already published The Gift of Maybe a book about finding hope and possibility in uncertain times. Both my daughters were doing really well. And I thought I was in a really committed, beautiful marriage of, of 27 years. And then on June 30th, 2018, my husband came home from the gym and he told me he was, he was leaving me, that he wanted to date other women. He, we would still have family vacations and family holidays together. And I remember looking at him and I was like, you're joking, right? It, it was the furthest thing from my mind, the furthest thing from my life, the furthest thing I thought was ever possible. And he said, no, I'm serious. And he kept going into details about the women and what he wanted. And I, I just fell to the ground and I actually felt my heart like crack. And, and that I had no idea, but that moment was the beginning of a year without men because within a two-week period my biggest client of 25 years who's a male he was selling his business so he stopped speaking to me all my other male clients were gone and then I got an offer to be the part-time CFO of the motherhood center which is a day hospital for women with postpartum depression but it's also a company that only employs women so literally within a two-week period there were only women around in my life but the book is a journey. It's a journey of what happened when all the men were gone. And then I started to see the places in myself that I was hiding, that I was compromising, that I wasn't valuing myself because I wasn't being treated equal in the business world. And I wasn't, you know, right in my life. And so I got to a point where I started to kind of see those things within myself. And I really cultivated a lot more strength and resilience and different 
attitudes in business and different ways to empower myself. So the book is about my journey, but also about my journey in business for 30 years and how women can inspire and empower themselves from within to make a difference in their outside lives and really reach their full potential and success. Well, in so much of your professional career, as you said, it's been in a male-dominated world. I mean, you're also an attorney. And so you, as you said, were surrounded by men for most of your life. And then it, it seemed like somebody flipped a switch and everyone disappeared. All the men disappeared. And I know that you're a very reflective type of person. You like to find the meaning in things and what lessons can be learned. So what did it mean for you to experience a year without men? That's a really good question because it was really painful. And there was a lot of grief and there was a lot of scorched earth and it would be an experience that I never would have chosen. But in the same time, when we look at meaning, I think it was an opportunity for me to kind of get back to my authentic self, my true self, and learn how to really value myself. I mean, if you look at it, You know, since 1991, men and women have been graduating from college at the same rate. And then you look 30 years later, um, and you look at the S&P 500, only 5% of the CEOs are women. Only 20% of the board members of these big companies are women. Um, Men get, I think, promoted uh, twice as much in the first five years, even though men and women, you know, start jobs at the same rate. So what happens is you're in this world and you see that your male counterparts are getting paid more. They're getting advancements more. And after a while, you look around and you say, it must be me. And, you know, there has to be something wrong with me because if I was so great, why am I not having that same success? And yes, there are women that are successful. There are outliers. But a lot of us don't feel totally equal. So what this year did for me, it allowed me to find the places that I felt so bad about myself because of all these experiences. And also you know, how bad I felt that my husband left me. And so the meaning was, is that I'm valuable and the outside world can't dictate that. And I can trust myself that I could be okay no matter what. And just because someone else says something doesn't mean it's true. And it really helped me build strength and resilience. So as I sit here today, again, I wouldn't have chosen the experience, but I feel that I'm stronger and I'm more me. And and that's very meaningful. And my hope is that I could help other women Um, through the journey of empowerment and inspiration, because I think women are genius business people. They're emotional warriors and they just need to stay on the playing field and, and figure out a way to get the life that they want. So Allison, staying on the professional side for a moment, women and men are inherently different beings and women are traditionally evaluated and judged on the same scale that men have been judged for years. Is it fair to evaluate and judge women on the same scale or should we be looked at differently? Well, well, that's really interesting. I always say corporate corporate America was made by men for men. Right. And that, you know, men and women are equally capable. I mean, I've worked with some great men. I've worked with great women. I think what happens is that we're not truly welcomed. You know, this is this great... um, study that was done about women's looks and one study said women are accepted more if they're pretty earlier in their career and they get more advancement and then when they get to the c-suite that's when the looks go against them and then there was another study that said the opposite thing and another study that had different findings 
And the reason why it's not consistent is because we're not totally welcome. And so it's almost like corporate America will say, you could be here if you act like men. But what about childcare? What about pregnancy? What about, you know, there's no equity. I, I think that's what it is. It's that there's no recognition that men and women are different. And in order to have um, a corporate environment that is equal, there has to be a social contract where everybody's treated with the respect and, and there has to be collaboration. And, and corporate America is really not doing that. And also I, I find that women are also judged on their behaviors a lot as well, like emotions. And again, it's, it's almost like if a woman is more likely to cry, you know, corporate America makes it like tears sink ships. But right. for me, I think tears don't sink ships. I think, you know, anger and resentment and putting your behaviors on other people are really the problem. So women might be judged for a reaction that they have that hurts nobody, yet we accept other types of behaviors in this patriarchal culture that I do think causes a lot of problems. Well, and that's why I asked the question, Allison, about both sexes being judged by the same standards because of what you just said. If a man was soft-spoken and was kind and gentle in a meeting, people would be like, oh, what a, what a kind man. But if a woman, a woman does that, she's, you know, she's too easy. She's too soft. If a man gets emotional or angry, oh, he's tough. If a woman does, she's a, with the B. So we have this standard, like you said, women just don't fit in. And and really COVID, the pandemic brought to light just how much the roles really haven't changed all of these years, because who ended up leaving the workforce to take care of the children at home? Uh, You're, you're, so right. I have so much to say about that. But but even if you look at the men and women who were actually home, like some some parents were both home during during COVID, even then the woman did more of the child care. If they didn't leave their job, they did more of the domestic task. And then there was a survey, many surveys done. Men found themselves so productive when they were home, like 70 percent more productivity. And women found themselves 30 percent more productive. Right. Because if we don't equalize the playing field, you know, women are always going to be on the short end of the stick. And I'm actually very concerned now that a lot of people are going to be offering virtual work to a lot of employees. And on the first glance, a woman might say, oh, my God, this is so great. But there are problems there, too. If the men go back to the office, right, and the whole culture is all men because the women are home, then the women are not going to have the same relationships. They're not going to get promoted the same way. They're going to be left out of, of a lot of big decisions. And part of the reason we make the choice is because there isn't no universal child care or there isn't shared responsibilities at home. So yeah, it's, it's very complicated. And then when you go to the fact about how women have no real way to act, then what happens is we keep trying to fit in and we don't act like ourselves. And that's the biggest problem, because when you don't act like yourself, you're not your most creative self. You're not your smartest self. You're not your best self, because you're spending most of your energy trying to fit into a place that's not really welcoming you. And it's so funny. My first one of my first weeks at the Motherhood Center, um, I was at this really high level meeting and one of the directors started to cry. And I was in shock because every environment I've ever been in a way cried, (laughs) you know, they were put down. Meeting was over. Nobody budged. Nobody cared. This woman was actually speaking through her tears. She said some brilliant things. The meeting ended. No one mentioned it. And I thought to myself, wow, like, I, who cared about that? She didn't put her stress or worry on anyone else. She was just expressing how she felt. 
Yet I had been in work environments where men had been super angry and they put their anger on their assistant or their coworker. I have never broken up a fist fight of two women and I have of men, men you know, broken up <laughs> altercation between men in the workplace. So I actually think that if you're really honest about every emotion that could exist, I find men actually more emotional at work. But their emotions, like you said, are more acceptable. And until we change as a culture, until the social contract change with corporate America, and until as women we choose to be authentic and we go into that workplace and don't change for them, we change for us, that's when things will really start changing. And do you think that's the answer, Allison, being true to ourselves no matter what? I think, yeah. I think there are two answers. I think one is corporate America needs to step up and needs to change the social contract with the employees and needs to really commit to equity, commit to treating its employees equally, committing more to, you know, child care issues and collaboration and really work-life balance. I think that's number one. I think number two, yes, I think women, we need to cultivate more strength within ourselves. It's not easy. It is very difficult to go into a culture that's not welcoming you and declare that you're going to be yourself. But what happens is that the more we're not ourselves, we think we're just going to get to this place and then we'll be ourselves. It never works. If we're not truly who we are and we're not authentic and we don't find a way to heal our relationship with uncertainty and stuff like that, we end up on the short end of the stick. And this might mean some of your coworkers not liking you. This might mean starting your own business or starting a side business when you're home taking care of your kids. I am not declaring an easy path. I'm just saying that when we keep changing to act more like men or to kind of fit into a society that doesn't really care about us, that doesn't promote us, that doesn't recognize us, it's not going to work anyhow. We're much better off being who we really are, finding a way to have the strength, and then we're going to reach our full potential because everything that comes out of our mouth is going to be our best, smartest, creative ideas. And I find that's the only way. This way doesn't seem to be working. We seem to have little bits of progress and something bigger needs to change. Allison, before you touched upon a woman's appearance and whether she is a beautiful woman and, and what that actually does to her position within a company, if a woman is judged by her beauty, how can she find that inner strength to still be herself. How does that woman stay true to herself when she's being judged by the way she looks? Out of all the things I wrote about in my book, and I dealt with some really big issues. I dealt with uncertainty. I dealt with acceptance. I dealt with self-trust. This issue of beauty is, for some reason for me, one of the more difficult pieces. And I now I could tell that story easy. My, my husband left me. He left me for a woman that you know, 20 years younger than me, I, I could tell that story and I could feel gross. I could feel ugly. I could feel washed up and middle-aged. And I remember I, um, I had those feelings when, when he left. So that was the narrative I was telling. And I started to read this book called Absolute Beauty. Um, it was a skincare book, but it was also like, you know, very deep and philosophical. And it listed the definition of beauty in the dictionary. And the definition, definition of beauty in the dictionary is that which gives your senses pleasure. And I remember seeing that. I was like, what? I was like, I've been dressing a certain way, plucking my eyebrows, twisting myself like crazy just to fit in, to look a certain way. And the definition of beauty is what gives me pleasure. And then I started to really think about this. And I, and I walked outside and I saw this woman coming towards me and she was blonde and she was tan and 
she had like you know a little shirt on and I remember starting to feel bad about myself and I said wait a second the definition of beauty is that which gives me pleasure and then I looked at the woman again and and there was nothing wrong with her but it didn't give me pleasure I there was more pleasure for me looking at the trees or or looking at a flower and in that moment I realized that I kind of wasn't allowing myself to enjoy what I thought was beautiful in the world and I think that's one of the biggest shifts I had is that you know beauty is really in the eyes of the beholder, but it's what pleases us. And I think if we could shift that perspective, we're not going to keep falling prey to what the world tells us is beautiful. And we might be rejected, but because we might choose to look a certain way or wear some, some certain types of clothing. But I think what happens in the end is if we could define our own beauty and define what gives us pleasure then the people that we're meant to be with our lives will be attracted to us. There's nothing more painful, I think, in this world is feeling that you have to be something else to be loved and accepted. That's not valuing ourselves. And honestly, I would rather be alone 10 times over than to be in a situation where I needed to be someone else but me. Because it's a lose game. Eventually, you're going to age. Eventually, you know, who you are is really going to come out. And then if that person you're with or those friends you're with, they reject you, then then what was it all for? So I think we have to kind of define beauty differently. We have to recognize that how society sees beauty is really just to disempower women. If you think about it, all these images make women feel bad. And when you feel bad, you act small. When you act small, you don't walk into a room with all your power. You don't, you don't say what you need to say. You're in there feeling so uncomfortable that you're not going to be the first person in the room to solve the problem. So this is one of the most important things that women need to face. They need to find beauty for themselves. They need to realize that when they're authentic, they will be their best selves and they will attract the people that they need in their lives. And there's no reason to suffer every single day when we are just beautiful the way we are and we deserve to feel good about ourselves and love ourselves and feel valued for who we are. And it's a, it's a challenging path, but it's a worthy path. And of all the things that I've done that I did over that year that was one of the most profound to liberate myself from that I don't know that that prison you know because I always say the prison had an open door and it just took me a while to to walk out of it the book is a year without men a 12-point guide to inspire and empower women if you'd like to learn more about Allison and the book you can visit alisoncarmen.com Allison in our final moments if you could bullet point a few of your main teachings from the book what would they be? Well, first, I think that the most important relationship that women have is with, is with uncertainty. And it affects men, more, women, it affects women more than men because our road is not as clear. Like if we're going to be successful, we're going to have to be flexible. We're going to have to be innovative. We're going to have to be creative. So healing our relationship with the unknown and realizing that uncertainty is our best friend because that's where our true potential, all our possibilities lie, is one of the most important things. I think we have to work on acceptance. I think that's a really important thing. We need to learn to trust ourselves. We need to, you know, this whole mantra, just because someone said it doesn't mean it's true. We have to figure out what's true for us. And then expectations, I think, is another thing. You know, we we write stories about the life we thought we were going to have, the life that we should have. And I've learned the hard way that after a while, if we don't drop the storyline and accept where we are, we won't be able to kind of find and figure out the life we're meant to be, the life that's meant to be. So there are a lot of beautiful um, tips in the book. There are a lot of beautiful uh, points and guides in the book and there are exercises. And I truly believe that this book will inspire and will empower women 
to kind of drop the things that aren't real and find their truth and their value. And I have so much hope that women can step forward in a really powerful way and start to have the success and the joy and the peace that they truly look for in their lives. Allison, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I'm so sorry for what you've experienced, but I'm really happy that you were able to be here with us to share some of what you've learned. Thank you, Joan. I really appreciate you inviting me on your show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.